This is Fresh Matters and I am Papa Kwesi Endong. Let's, let's talk about the, the important topic of being African, Black in this world and wanting to be someone successful and having to deal with the, the question that comes up from time to time of you know, someone looking at you and saying, well, who, who, is the re- who is the owner, really? Who is the owner? Looking at you and with a certain glint in the eye, sort of accusing you of, of being a surrogate or something. Well, in this world, what the point that, that, that we need to make in this world is that being African anything, British, African-American, Caribbean, African-African, as long as there's an African and there's color associated with it, that can be very difficult very difficult, very frustrating, and quite problematic. And what many people assume is that, oh, if you're, you're African, you're a person of color, well, you couldn't possibly do the right thing. That if we're in a project or we're doing something important that you you couldn't be the one to solve the big problem. Yeah. Or if we need someone to lead, whatever it is, a project in a professional environment, in a company environment, to lead some people out of a certain problem, to work out a solution. So... Um, the people can be led to a good destination to be successful, that they don't associate that with you. Or that you'd be ethical, ethical about life, ethical about things to do with family, ethical about things to do with business or politics. Or that you couldn't be the owner You couldn't be the owner of the enterprise or the owner of the organization, uh, the owner of the shares, and and so on and so forth. Or if there are some professionals going or about to do something that, oh, he or she couldn't be that professional about whatever it is that needs to go. And I, I want to draw upon some experiences in in this area. You know, the first time I had the opportunity to 
to travel to the United States. I was on um, on a scholarship with a, a fine organization called the American Field Service, AFS. And that was in 1970. And we traveled from Ghana to San Gimignano in Italy, spent a few weeks there, and then to Hofstra University in New York. And then we were all dispersed by bus to our respective locations. And I ended up in Coqueto, Minnesota. Coqueto is about 50 miles northwest of Minneapolis. But what struck me, so one of the first instructions that was given was that remember, you're from Africa. Remember, you're not American. Remember, you don't want to be associated with American blacks, that you're an African. So you must make sure that the way you speak, how you are dressed, it will distinguish you from other um, people of color in America. And you wonder, well, why? Black is black is black. African is African. Uh, person of color is person of color. But it, it, it struck me again and again. Anytime we, we dressed to go somewhere, somebody would ask from time to time, well, where is your African attire? Or where is your African shirt or something to show, to prove that you are different from the other people? So why would anybody want to separate the African who had just arrived from Africa from the Africans who had always been for, for, for centuries in America? And why would that be the case in the UK? or in Europe, or anywhere else, that one would be good, and one would be bad, or one would be good, and one would be not so good. Well, that experience um, sometimes is also assumed by other people that some people of color, but coming from the Caribbean, or of color, having been in America for, for decades or centuries, we think that they are better than those who are just coming from Africa. But the worst of it, the worst of it all, is we're all put in the same soup, whether we like it or not, and underestimated, or put down, or considered to be something less, something different, but different in, in terms of not being the best. And so, yes, went through that sort of experience. But, it, but let me, when I joined Touche Ross, you know, Touche Ross used to be one of the big eight accounting firms, public accounting firms in the U.S. and in the world. Touche Ross, well, is the one that later became Deloitte and Touche, which is now one of the big four public accounting firms in the world. So I, here I was, sitting in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 
in the office of Tushras. And I was an associate consultant at that time. This is in the 80s, early 80s. And another consultant, he was a senior consultant who left Arthur Anderson at that time to come and join Tushros as a senior consultant when I had been sitting there and I was an associate consultant. So he was a, a higher level, the next, the, next high, the next level from where I was. And this man, after a, a project discussion that we had, just looked at me and said, well, what are you doing here anyway? You will never make it. You'll never make it. Here is somebody come from Arthur Anderson to me sitting at Tushras, have a discussion about a project, some manufacturing project, and just assume that I couldn't possibly know that black as I am, I, I couldn't survive, I couldn't do well uh, in this professional business at Tushras. Well, Two, three, four years later, this man was gone. He was gone from Tushras. He couldn't make it. He couldn't stand it. And I became a partner of Tushras. You see, just by how we look, those who look different, and consider themselves superior, always assume that they would do better than we are. And that's not all. I, I recall when I became a partner with Tushras in Milwaukee, in Wisconsin. Well, we had the occasion to go to many different places to look for work. And I remember one day, one fine morning, we went to a city called Appleton in Wisconsin. And we were looking for a job. And the job was to audit their streetlight system so we could save them some money. So you go in to go and make a presentation. I go in with my consultants who report to me, and immediately somebody will look at one of the other consultants who are not of color, who are white, and assume that that person is the one in charge, the one leading the charge, the one to come and make the presentation. And it happened over and over and over, immediately people will assume that you, the one of color, who look different from the other ones, you would not be the one, the lead professional or the one in charge. And so it also occurred 
that we had an opportunity uh, to do a job for the Milwaukee County uh, clerk, the clerk of courts in Milwaukee County to do a project there. And so I go in there with, with my team, as we normally might do. And, well, we enter the clerk of court's office, nice big building, marble, and so on and so forth, as they usually are. And there's this African-American lady sitting there, says, well, can I help you? So I tell them, well, I'm from Tushras, and I'm the partner in charge of the project. Here's my project team, and we're coming to start the work. And she looks at me, says, well, so we got over, and no one told me. She, she looked at me and said, well, this is new. This is somebody coming to do a project to help improve the systems and procedures and controls in the clerk of court's office. And the person leading it is black. Well, that's the experience that you can take it as something to motivate you to do better. Or if you don't take care, it can just add to your frustration. But that's just, just one other example. And let, let me give you um, something else. Something else that, that happened um, and, and um, it just strikes you, you know, just experience that you, that you go through. Well, it just so happened that within Tushras, thousands of over a thousand partners tax professionals, consulting professionals, audit professionals. Well, how many of us were of color? There was me, that's one. There was Lovey Jackson, that's two. There was Eula Adams, that was three. There was Mike Mayo, that's four. And Brian Anderson, that's five, five of us, five of us, black people of color, cons professionals, out of over a thousand partners. How do you make your way in an organization like that? How do you behave? How do you work? And remember, the five that I mentioned, one was originally from Jamaica, and the other, me, was originally from Ghana. And so there were the five of us. And so one, one year we went to a partner's conference, as usually happens, where all the partners show up in one place. We have different sessions. We have some dinners. And the last day, there's, a, there's a, always a banquet. And there's someone who performs, an, an entertainer. 
So this night, there was a country western singer who was the entertainer for last, the last big event for that conference. So all of us were seated and, you know, we ate dinner and, you know, they started the music and the entertainment. So while I sat there, I saw this African-American waiter come over to me and say, brother, you look bored. Let me show you where to go. So he takes me from there, goes to another room. And guess what? He had picked up the other four and they were all in that room. And there was a different entertainer. And he took us away from that big formal conference entertainment. Now, here is someone looked at us individually and determined that perhaps either we didn't belong there or we were there and we were bored or there was something better, something that would be more suitable to us. But whatever the interpretation is, the fact of the matter is there were five of us with over a thousand people in, in one room with a certain type of entertainment. And that's the kind of world that we had to live in. A professional one or someone, you know, will consider you not to, to belong. Um, and then the entertainment one, where someone would also determine that perhaps you might want something different, good or bad, not judging. But I'm just saying that it is, it is difficult, it can be frustrating, and it can be challenging being black, African, being of color in this world, wherever that world might, might lead you to, to be. And, and so it has happened that the same question that, 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 that I'm talking about has been asked. And it's been asked in a different, you know, some different ways in some different areas. And yes, my family, we have become associated as owners of a very, very small bank on the south side of Chicago. And several, several times, people have come sort of knowingly just to ask, well, who, who are the owners really? You know, with a knowing smile, who are the owners? Um, and what they're not saying is, well, who are you fronting for? How did you get here? How did you manage to even get past the process of, of licensing? And here you are. You're black, you're African, and you are of color. And some who don't have any explanation 
we just assume that ah, because because you came uh, from uh, you know from Africa, if, you know ultimately or from the very beginning, then maybe maybe the funds that you use, how you got here, was through something that was tainted or a process that couldn't be straight. Otherwise, how could you? How could you? That's, and those are some of the things that we have to deal with and have to deal with everywhere. And it is not, when I say this, this isn't only coming from white people or Europeans and so on and so forth. It's coming from our own kind, from Africans, from African-Americans, from Afro-Caribbeans and others that how can people of color, of African descent, go to some place that has been reserved, supposedly, for other people, people from other descent or European descent, or so on and so forth. And then you go to Africa itself, and you go to Africa and people assume that you couldn't, you couldn't be the owner of any significant enterprise by doing the right thing. That you couldn't rise by going through the right processes. That somebody must have paved the way. Somebody must have done something for you that perhaps isn't straight. And so the same question is asked. Well, how did you manage? How did you manage to start one hotel, add another one, maybe add another one? How? How could you do it without even stopping to ask you? What did you go through? How did you begin? But they just look at where you are and they assume that by being black, being African, being of color, you couldn't possibly get to where you are unless you did something wrong, you went through the wrong process, somebody put you there, or you were fronting for somebody. We will revisit this topic in so many different ways because it's so pervasive, because it's everywhere, because it's in every sphere of life. If you go to sports, you would find Europeans who are raining insults on players, soccer players of color calling them monkeys and whatever else because they have become good enough to play in the European leagues. You find it in sports. Or somebody sees someone of color playing ice hockey or playing tennis at a very high level or in gymnastics at a very high level. I say, well, here too, they are here, 
how could they? How can they excel? And sometimes we do it to ourselves. And yes, and sometimes we, we Africans, people of color, African-Americans, Caribbeans, we do it to ourselves. When we see our brother, our sister going wrong, even when they have made mistakes, instead of stopping to correct them, helping them out, giving them a hand and leading them to the right direction, we destroy them. And when we find a brother or a sister who is already in the right direction, going, moving up, we, we are the ones who question them, who sow the doubt and lead to their destruction. We push them, we push them down, we destroy them. So how will those other people then see to it, understand, appreciate that we can also be people of excellence, that we can perform, that we can do well? When, when are we going to be known as the owners? When will people accept that we too can be successful, that we too can be significant, that we too can be ethical, can be professional, can be leaders, can do the right thing, and can become some of the pearls, the diamonds, and the best of this world. When? When will that happen? This has been Fresh Matters, and I am Papa Kwesi Endome.